1: And good Friday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, alongside Booner, as we grind it out here on a Friday edition. Boone, welcome in. Uh, excited to have you in for this week, and uh, and Boone, we've got a we've got a good one today. Uh, again, want to welcome in on the phone line from Nashville. A little early morning rise for for Coach Steve Fickert. Uh, welcome in coach. Excited to have you on. Uh, former Maryville College coach, former William Blunt coach, and uh, and excited to talk with you a little bit about football. Coach Fickert. Well, that's an intro that I, I've got to redo here in just a second. We'll try to we'll try to get reconnected with Coach. Coach, if you can call back uh, again, 865 983 43 10. But uh, but Boone, excited to have Coach Fickard on, on the line this morning. Uh, excited to, to be able to talk about those years at Maryville College. He had some really good success that led to some other coaching stops, uh, but he also was part of a Maryville College time uh, that was a big time in Maryville College history.
2: Yeah, it certainly was. It was huge, Wayne O, and uh, he was the brain trust coach. Um, I'm a Lombardi fan. I, I read all the time, as you know, and I was reading some uh, famous quotes. and It'd be kind of interesting to find out if, if he was a Lombardi fan because uh, I, I can read some of the things Vince did, and uh, he was doing some of the same stuff with us as far as motivation goes.
1: I think we got him back on the line. Again, Maryville, former Mariville College coach, William Blunt High School coach, Steve Fickard. Hey, we got you on the line, Coach.
3: Uh, here I am. Hey,
1: oh, how are you doing, Coach?
3: I'm doing great. Hey, we're at, we've uh, uh, we moved from Denver uh, about uh, seven eight months ago down uh, back down to Nashville, and uh, my wife and I are enjoying ourselves. Uh, just a little kind of pin up because of this COVID thing, but uh, uh, life's good.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I know you're from Indianapolis and probably probably lifetime Hoosier, but uh, when you when you get a little taste of the the Volunteer State, it's hard to to not come back.
3: I will tell you, I, this uh, this is the third time we've lived in uh, Tennessee, and uh, we've lived all over the United States, and you know uh, three or four times in Europe. And of all the places we've lived, I think Tennessee is our favorite. So, uh, uh, and it's not just because of Tennessee, you know, the weather and economy and all that, it's the people. So uh, we really love Tennessee.
1: Absolutely. That's, that's great to hear. See, I'm, a, I'm a, a native, haven't really ever lived outside of Tennessee. Don't know that I'm interested in it so much, but uh, but at the same time, it's good to hear someone who has had those travels. Uh, to be able to say that about my home state. But but coach, uh wanna talk about some of some of your history, some of the the, the playing days, the coaching days, some of the, the people you were able to coach with, run into, uh and, and and the success you had. Uh you were part of one of the more successful times in Maryville College history, uh back in the late seventies with, with Coach Iruly, or well, I guess it was Tony at that time. Uh Bobby Boone back here, Robert Boone and uh, and you had guys like Barry Mathis and, uh, and other people that David Evans, guys that have been on this show before and had always had a good Coach Fickard story, and we just had to get Coach in here.
3: Well, that's great. I, hey, I'll tell you what. Uh, my wife and I were talking about the other day, and I can honestly say probably two of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Number one, marrying my wife. And number two, Going to Maribel College, it w- was just a great experience for
1: me. I was like, "Please make the wife number one. Please make the wife number one." <laughs>
3: hey, forty-six years we've been married. So, and I tell you, she's been all over this country and world coaching. Uh, she's a one. Of, she's a great coach's wife. So,
1: I tell you that they, they they say, and and I believe it, just because of the long hours. And and we were talking a little off air about this is the time you were normally getting going when you were coaching. Uh, it takes a special woman to be able to to kind of – a lot of times people would say, you know, kind of sit there and, and, and kind of be with. But I think she supports and, and does a lot on the side as well. I think you would say that.
3: i tell you, I, you know you married the right uh, person when you walk home one day and say, hey, babe, we're going to sell the house, put all the furniture uh, in storage and move to Finland. And she <laughs> said, Ohio – I don't want to go to Ohio. I said
1: no, Finland, the country. Uh. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, I'd say that changes things a little bit. But coach, coach, we talked a little bit about you being from Indianapolis, and you were you you had a really good playing career uh, in high school, and that led to to a nice playing career in college uh, from Indianapolis. Uh, uh, assuming you were you were wanting to be a Hoosier, but ended up at Miami of Ohio. Can you can you give us a little background on how that that transition happened?
3: Yeah, it was, uh, I, you know, I was a high school uh, football player, probably played, I was probably a, a real overachiever, kind of short, slow, stubby, and, you know, how that was, it was a linebacker and a pullback, and uh, on my whole life dream growing up in Indiana, just like uh, everybody in uh, most people in Tennessee would want to go to Tennessee, was to go to IU, and uh, I ended up signing at IU, but this was back when there were big 10 letters of intent and then there was a national letter and Intent day later on. So I signed at IU. And then later on, uh, I took a trip to Miami of Ohio and, uh, Bo was there. So I ended up, uh, he promised me that he'd give me a shot uh, to play fullback, which was what I wanted to do. So I trained, uh, so I signed at Miami, uh, stayed there, walked in and lined up at fullback one day. And then he moved me to linebacker, uh, <laughs> then then, uh, then Bo left and Mallory came in and uh, after that I still had a great experience with Mallory, but um, you know I, I ended up moving back home to Indianapolis to, uh, to finish my career at Butler University uh, started three years there, was captain. Then you, you were actually I, all
1: ICC there three years also, right?
3: Uh, yeah, I was, uh, uh, I, I was I was lucky. And, uh, you know, I was always, you know, uh, later on in my coaching career, uh, you know, we were always good on defense, and I think that had to do with my playing days. And then uh, uh, after that, had a cup of coffee with a tryout camp with the Bears lasted a weekend and then figured out, hey, if I want to stay in football for the rest of my life, I need to learn how to coach. So uh, uh, right out of high school, took it right out of college, graduated from Uh, Butler, and then uh, my first job was the head high school coach of a small, uh, single-A, brand-new school. We did pretty decent. I decided to go into college coaching, became a GA at Western uh, Michigan. Uh, From there, defensive coordinator at uh, Wabash College. We were really good for two years there. Went to Albion College uh, for a year we were in the national playoffs. Great defense, and from Albion College, I ended up at Maryville College.
1: Hey, Coach, you, you talked about a a coach named <laughs> Bo, and, and you know, there's there's a couple Bo's in history between, uh, you well, know, uh, you know, between the Bo at Auburn, there was a Bo at LSU, but we're talking Bo Schimbeckler, right, at, at Miami yeah. of Ohio.
3: Yeah, I played. I put Yeah, Bo Bo uh, Schimbeckler recruited me. Uh, and, and, and Gary uh, Moeller was there, too. So uh, I, I was really fortunate if you, if you followed the coaching tree of Bo. Uh, Bo uh, went, ended up going you know, went to Michigan, but uh, Jim Young was on that staff, uh, who, entered, who was the head coach at Purdue. Uh, as I said, Gary Moeller, uh, Tom Reed was the GA. He was the head coach at North Carolina State. So it was really a great experience for a young guy like myself. So so,
1: what made Bo? Uh, you, you said about the fullback position. Did what did Bo have that really made you you kind of fall in love with that? Because again, go lifelong dream to go to IU, and then Bo's got you at Miami of Ohio. Was uh, did well, he? Did he have some good selling points?
3: Uh, I wish I uh, really that that's that's a story for another day. <laughs> that that was a very good uh, R-rated movie. So uh, okay. Uh, that, <laughs> That was back when recruiting was really strange. So uh, uh, yeah, I I just uh, I fell in love with the uh, the idea of going out of state too. So that was kind of you know that was that was kind of part of the uh, uh, of, of the excitement there.
1: Well, you definitely you've definitely caught my attention with that with that. But uh, but Bo Schembechler, you know, he's known for his time at Michigan. Uh, but but in the coaching, once he got to, to to Miami of Ohio, what what did you know X's and O wise? Was he just really meticulous? Was he really was was the 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 I guess working for excellence? What what was his what was his niche that made him go on to be to be a great coach at Michigan?
3: Well, I'll tell you the number one thing, and I think I ended up talking with Dave Osborne about this, and I think you remember that, was we used to talk about PMA all the way all the time, positive mental attitude, and I that is the number one thing that I took from Miami of Ohio, my experience with Schembeckler is that, you know, he, he they just lived the world of positive mental attitude. And if you remember way, you probably don't remember way back then, but Miami of Ohio was Uh, at that time was a smaller school, but they would still play, you know, Purdue once in a while, some Big Ten schools, and would beat them every so often. So uh, uh, he was just, uh, you know, it it, it was just a great uh, uh, situation. You know, I'd learned uh, uh, a lot about defense. In fact, the defense that we ran at Miami of Ohio was the defense, I mean, at uh, uh, Maryville College was the defense that I played in at miami with the angle slam which he took to uh, michigan and made so famous up there so there was just a lot of experiences that that you get as a as a young uh player
2: hey coach so you, you come to maryville there pretty exciting time man senior year it, on, it only happens once in college and
1: you come in there well, you can make it happen a couple times, Boone. Yeah. You
2: just, just got to fail a couple times. I thought about it? making it happen two or three years there. <laughs> Coach, uh, get us into what you thought when when our first meeting, when you laid eyes on us and uh, you were sizing us up. Uh, one of your uh, best moves, you said, was bringing in John Shannon with you.
3: Yeah, one of the – the one thing that, that I really learned from – uh, from Bo and from the two coaches that I worked with uh, at Albion and at Wabash College was that you uh, first of all coaching you everybody works hard in coaching everybody puts the hours in but you've got to work smart too and uh, that was one thing that we were able to do I was fortunate enough to hire a young coach like myself I was 27 I think John was 26 and had was a uh, was coming off being a GA at Western Kentucky.
2: So and, you guys were only four years older than us. That was different. It, I must admit,
3: and, and and that 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 was kind of a unique and unusual situation, you know, uh, because uh, at, at that time one of one of the uh, important parts of coaching, especially things like college and professional football, is uh, more as much as the X and O's. You've got to be a leader of men, and uh, you know, there's a lot of people in high school coaching. You go in and you get the respect of the high school coach just because you're the high school coach, you know, and you're supposed to, but you've got to really, when you coach college uh, football and professional football, you, you've got to earn the respect of young men. And uh, that, it, it's, that's tough when there's only a four or five-year uh, age difference. And uh, as you remember, I mean, it was, you know, Guys uh, at, at meetings tell me now, or have told me, you know, oh, we used to go out and do this, and I, I shake my head, and I say, you know, uh, Coach Shannon and I used to talk about it. There wasn't, It wasn't four or five years before that that we were playing, so we knew what you guys were doing. We just were not going to put ourselves into a situation where we had to confront it, because if we did have to confront it because of the age difference, we had to have we had to have uh, the proper discipline, and we had to put our foot down. So, you know, our our, our entire life pretty much was spent at either Maribel College in the offices or at my house in our basement where our families met all the time.
2: So you were not going to be accused of us saying, you pulled the rug right out from under my life, Coach. You, you were – we appreciate that room. Hey, Coach, as far as the philosophy goes – what uh, what was really important, first, second, priority wise, when you came there with us?
3: Well, we we all know in coaching that uh, you know in football you've got to there's three phases of the game: offense, defense, and special teams. And you to win a game, you you have to win uh, two of those phases. Well, we decided when we got there, and if you'll remember, our first year we only had fifty, I think. 55 uh, players or so. So we just sat down and we decided that uh, one of the uh, areas that we were going to make as important as anything was conditioning. And uh, so there, for us, there were four areas of football, of uh, conditioning, uh, and that was the deal with conditioning. You, Every time I talk to an old Mirable College uh, uh, player, that's all they all talk about, all these all the different conditioning drills that we did. And, uh, you know, we were uh, we made that uh, one of our, if not our number one, priority. Because the deal with conditioning was it travels with you. It travels especially in the south because of the heat. Uh, and it, it was something that we could do. And uh, we didn't have the number of players back then uh, to do a lot of scrimmaging because we couldn't afford to get people hurt. hurt. So we decided we would win the war conditioning. We knew we would win special teams. So I've always been a big special teams uh, fanatic. And, uh, you know, coaches, even today, they give lip service uh, to special teams. And that was one one phase that we we knew we were going to put the time and the effort in. We used to do a lot of things, John uh, Shanner. At that time, uh, we were doing some things that uh, they're just now coming around to do. Uh, or they started uh, going to uh, years later. So uh, we were going to, and then uh, uh, then we were going to have a great defense, and then hopefully we could score a few points on offense. And uh, uh, that's kind of how the priorities of our coaching went.
2: Hey, coach, that that's really interesting. So conditioning first, then the special teams, then defense, and offense last. Uh yeah. So, basically, the grass drills that we did over and over and over and over. In the fourth quarter, we're in there, you know, the whole game. We're not sweating. We're looking at our opponents. Their eyes are glassed over, and there's drips of sweat. Drip, 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 drip. We thanked you a lot then, but, man, on Mondays when you did it to us, I was ready to kill you.
3: Yeah, I know. I, I tell you what, it was uh, – uh, it was, that was a, that was a kind of a tough thing to do because as I said, you know, there wasn't, but five years before that, we were on the other side of that. And, uh, I, I, I knew what you guys were going through, but I also knew on Saturday that, uh, you, you'd like me a lot more if, uh, you came out with a victory.
1: Absolutely. Coach, it's a pay-me-now-or-pay-me-later situation, and they were paying for it on Monday to get it back on Saturday. But, hey, let's let's pay some bills, uh, listen to some fine sponsors, and we'll come on right back and talk about, I'm hoping you've got some good Tony Iruly, some good Barry Mathis, and maybe some good Robert Boone stories to share with us uh, on the flip side of the break. But you're listening to the Friday Grind with Coach Steve Fickard right here at 100.9 FM, 850 AM and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it.
0: Your hometown alternative to ordinary sports radio, 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports.
1: or go to DonnaCry.com. M-I-G is an equal housing lender.
0: The 4th of July will be the perfect time for family and friends to celebrate justice and liberty for all. And Rule King is your source for summer fun at the lowest prices every day. Check out the
3: pool floats and supplies, grills, folding chairs, and the folding picnic table, normally $129.99, now just $99.99. Buy online and pick
1: it up at the store. Celebrate freedom this year with your neighborhood rule king, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out The Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time.
2: In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org.
1: Have you heard about or seen the Grands brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kinda missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grand from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one stop shop for everything the grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got golf iguanifarmsgolf.com 970-7132 have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition then check out my friends at 42nd street marketing right here in maryville a company invested in blunt county and ready to help they can take your business to the next level mike Jana, and the staff at 42nd street are a dream to work with And I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007. Or you can check out their work online, 42SD.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42SD.com. Check them out.
0: I think you'll be glad you did.
1: Welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, alongside Booner, and on the phone line, Coach Steve Fickert. Uh, coach, welcome back in. Excited to have you on, and, and you kind of unfolded a little bit of your Maryville College time, but we'll continue to dig into that here in the second segment. But, Coach, uh, Boone's been giving me some uh, pointers on the uh, in the middle of the break. I've, we've got some ammo coming at
3: you. What do you need?
1: <laughs> I said I said we've got some ammo coming at you. He's got some good stories about, you know, Barry Mathis and how he'd come in and on certain downs and run the veer and, and how, how Wayne Dunn and those guys were just really big players at those couple years that you were at Maryville College.
3: Well I I I can tell you a little bit about I Robert didn't think that I remembered him, but I, I, I actually we actually do. Um at that time you'll remember uh in college football, uh the hash marks were the same as they are in high school football now so one of the tenets of our defense was to defend the wide side of the field since you know uh three quarters of the games played on a hash mark and uh so uh, i think as i remember i think uh uh, boone played the uh eagle we called it eagle linebacker and at that time it was just a 5-2 defense but nobody wanted to be a defensive end everybody wanted to be a linebacker so we just called ourselves a a, um, a four-three, and we had the Eagle linebacker always go to the field. And uh, you know, uh, Boone wasn't as big as a lot of players, but I will tell you, he was fairly quick. Uh, so we put him at the uh, at the field side, and uh, uh, on passing downs, he always was rushing the passer. And so we had we kept our speed guys to the field uh, where we could. Uh, uh, try to run people down. We kind of overshifted our secondary in the field and tried to force people to run into the boundaries. So uh, he was a little better player than what he thinks.
1: Well, Boone, Boone, yeah, Boone needs to give himself some credit from time to time. But uh, but Boone tells a story about uh, about locker room experience with, experiences with Coach Fickard. He said, you know, that that you would have some pretty fiery uh, halftime speeches. Get 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 some emotional. And, uh, and that after halftime, whatever got you emotional, uh, the team wanted to make the other team pay for it. Is, is there some truth to that? Was there some planning there? Or was it just the, in, the, in the moment?
3: I will tell you, it was just that was probably pretty much my personality. As I said, uh, when I, as a player, um, I was uh, a little bit smaller than most uh, players at the position, positions I played, so I always played with a lot of intensity. And uh, you know, I, I'll tell you what, uh, coaching is a great, great profession. Uh, it's not for everybody, but uh, you get that feeling with the players. Uh, you want to do everything that you can uh, to get them, give them the opportunity to experience some of the good things that have happened to you. And uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of one of those emotional guys. Uh, it, it was, uh, it was. We had some we had some new rockney halftime speeches, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and I will tell you that those our players, you know, they also responded to that kind of uh, of of uh, situation. We uh, uh, we didn't have necessarily the biggest. I've told everybody that we had some really excellent athletes at uh, Maryville College. Now the problem was they weren't as big as everybody else, and so. Uh, they had to play, as I said, with conditioning. Uh, they had to play with technique. And they had to play with emotion. And uh, those guys did a great job of, uh, of doing that. And I'll tell you, they had some great leaders. Uh, you named a bunch of them. You know, Tony Iruly, uh, um, Barry Mathis, uh, David uh, Kibben, Alvin Nance. Who so we're, were really great leaders for those guys. And uh, things worked out well for us.
2: Hey, Coach. Uh... What's truly amazing was you come in there, you do not lose a home game. And you might not have known it, but we didn't lose a home game before you got there. And the year before that, we lost the first one to Knoxville College. So you're basically talking about a four-year period there. Just the momentum building, the excitement. And we knew you guys knew what you were talking about. We totally bought into it. But, man, we had to play Hampton and Sydney. uh. We called him Sam Southwestern at Memphis. Right. And the hardest part, uh, to my recollection, recollection was trying to get by Millsaps and Hampton-Sydney and Sam. And you want to share with the listeners uh, a story that uh, Craig Solomon was the famous quarterback. Man, he was mobile. He was a gunslinger. We did not like the guy. We wanted to punish him. We wanted to sack him. And it was great pleasure uh, getting a good lick on him. Jerry Hampton was the wide receiver. And uh, Tom Mulda, you probably got a story or two about him. Do you have a little background for those guys? Because we had a shootout at Mariville College, and the final score was like 55 for us, 36 for them. Tell the listeners what you remember about those uh, Southwestern games we had.
3: Well, the Southwestern games was probably the anomaly of the entire two years because. Uh, We knew we had to outscore them, and uh, we also knew at that time, because they were a passing team, they threw the ball all the time, which was kind of unusual back then, Uh, they probably weren't as uh, strong and tough and physical, so, you know, we were able to offensively do a lot of pounding at them with uh, uh, Ken Adair as our our fullback, and Alvin Nance, and, uh, uh, you know. the, the with the line uh, philosophy we had, but uh, I remember uh, they they came in and, and one one weekend uh, we were getting ready for them, and uh, Coach Shannon and I sat down and and he sh- we were talking about doing something a little unusual, and so what it, what we did was and this was legal at that time uh, was we lined up uh, two uh, uh, two defensive backs on their wide receivers. And on the snap of the ball, we ran directly, just ran right at them, and cross-body blocked them or blocked them and just knocked them down and just destroyed the timing because nobody had ever done that. We call it, and I remember we would call it combat, and then we called that a combat technique. And uh, it, it, it hit them it by surprise because uh, that really disrupted their timing. And uh, uh, so we didn't do a lot of blitzing, but we happened to that time. Uh, because, as I said, those uh, wide receivers were, were really shaking trying to get off the line of scrimmage, and uh, there were some big games there.
2: Do you remember the, the strategy was for uh, Tom Mulley, of course, uh, we find out later. Uh, Coach, go ahead and tell the listeners uh, about those three guys. They had something in common, right?
3: Yeah, I think they all transferred from Florida, and uh, I, I think that's – it was some big-time school, and uh, – they came in, and I'll tell you that was just a uh, that they were just a powerhouse on offense. And uh, that, they started uh, three
2: years, and you build the game as the the state championship of Tennessee. Of course, we were both the, the major uh, combatants from Tennessee. But do you remember the uh, strategy where I was to follow the tight end, and the cornerback had him on the backside, and like you said, their timing was just so. Efficient. We knew we were in trouble, and we were throwing everything we had at them. But uh, pretty amazing, uh, we got fifty-five points on them. And um,
3: well, I think, I think I think Robert, that was part of our combat re, re, uh, uh, technique because we did that on the uh, wide receivers, and then what I think is, is because most people put their tight end to the field, uh, you know, you would end up on the tight end. And I think we made that switch. We might have switched you around. To follow him uh, to line up on him anywhere and just when we called combat you were to slam the tight end and just run with him underneath and it was a little not quite but it was a little of the five under two deep uh philosophy that people are do, uh, are running now and, and Sh- uh,
2: shannon really uh, go ahead coach
3: no it really helped and, and as i said john john shannon uh was one of the best coaches in my career I ever worked with. I really have a lot of respect for John as a person, uh, as a football coach and, and as a football innovator, he did some really, he, we he, we came up with some really great things that people hadn't seen at that time. He got, he, he got
2: was, us excited when he came up with those. Uh, they said, uh, Robert, you're, you're going to keep a four yard and a two yard difference. This quarterback's going to expect you just to come flying in there and kill him on that veer they run the outside. And uh, John said, listen, don't tackle the veer. Don't don't commit. If you commit, we're in trouble numbers-wise. The whole time, keep four yards uh, off and then two yards to the outside and just skate with him. It's like you're dancing with him. And he said, I got Dunn back here in Iruly, Danny Thomas – uh Steve Moffitt, all that pursuits coming and we're just buying time and it worked perfect. Do you remember that?
3: I do. Uh that was you know, remember back in then the Veer, uh, uh Lou Holtz was at Arkansas and North Carolina State, had brought in the Veer, had done a lot with that. Uh, you know, it was the next step off the triple option from the wishbone. And so uh uh you we, we really, our, our defense was, was built around trying to stop the veer, and one of the techniques, you know, which pretty much uh, your position, if, when you lined up against the tight end, I remember that. Uh, if the tight end blocked down, they would run the outside veer. You'd try to slam the tight end and go down to the uh, 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 dive back, and you were supposed to be yelling, wide dive, uh, which meant the outside veer. And then if the, out, the tight end outside released, you slammed him, Got two yards outside, four yards deep, and got your feet moving and uh, tried to uh, uh, keep the uh, quarterback, you know, from uh, uh, having a short corner. And uh, we let, the, as I said, we we built our whole defense on speed uh, and uh, w- we let our pursuit then take care of that.
2: Coach, do you remember White Shoes? I do. Our best wide receiver. Do you remember the Grinch?
3: I don't. I'm uh, The Grinch. No, the
2: cornerback, not DT, not Danny Thomas, not Steve Moffitt, Keating. When he grinned, those eyes were like little slits, and we started calling him the Grinch.
3: Oh yeah, now I do. Now I do. I I was. I'll tell you. I'm sorry, Robert. There's. You know. I I was telling my wife the other night. You know. Surprisingly, I remember more players from those two years than any other years that I've ever. Uh, coach but i will tell you i've coached a lot of players so so uh, uh sometimes it's uh sometimes it it uh, uh i forget those things but billy, yeah the grinch
2: billy white shoes cruise was really upset he wanted to throw ever down and he wanted hickson to throw the bomb but we had to control that clock a little bit didn't we
3: well yeah and i'll tell you one thing that we ended up doing uh, that was really fun you know uh back then uh, nobody did this but we used to uh Uh, We had just two or three pass plays that were pretty uh, uh, in depth that we've gotten from uh, uh, from uh, I think it was Bill Walsh's uh, plays, and then we also did another thing where we you know we ran hot all the time, so we just didn't have the time to put in a lot of pass plays. But what we ended up doing that really helped us was uh, that we would uh, shift our backs, and we would run one back. Uh, uh offenses which was really unusual back then and we would put our back up into a slot position so they would get a bigger and better uh, uh a quicker release and uh, at that time it really helped and uh you know we were pretty efficient in our passing so uh you know yeah of course every wide receiver wants to do that but it was more important to win I as much <laughs> as Billy Cruz was a good wide receiver, Alvin Vance, was a far better running back than he was a receiver.
1: Oh, uh, Bill Cruz uh, probably listening to it this morning. That's a uh, that's uh, a that's, yeah. that's, that's pretty interesting. But but coach, you, you talk about you talk about the just the great players uh, that that you, you were able to coach throughout your career. But uh, but but David Evans talked a couple weeks ago on this show uh, about the the team environment and how it really when he left playing it was a it was a void that he didn't truly know how to feel was there anything anything different or or special about the the Maryville College teams uh as far as the locker room the togetherness the the teamwork because it was a lot of I mean there were the Florida guys there were the the guys from out of state but there was a lot of local on those teams as well
3: I think I'll tell you of all the teams that I've coached I think that the camaraderie of the Maryville College group was, has been uh, as as the the best and uh, you know when speaking of Dave Evans that reminds me of some stories of uh, the, him and all uh, off, that offensive line and I don't even know if you remember this but uh, uh, you know at that time we had uh, people were putting they used to flop the line they had a tight side and they had a strong side and split side and all that Right. And he had a place and we only had seven offensive linemen, so nobody knew this at that time, but wh- whatever side the play was going to run to, uh, we flopped uh, Eddie West, and I can't remember who the t- other tackle was at this time. Uh, to Steve, the, Steve Cerati. We were...
2: Was it Steve Cerati or Kevin Riley? Oh.
3: God loves Steve Cerati. He was always on the back side.
2: <laughs> Probably Kevin Riley.
3: It was Kevin Riley. Kevin Riley and Eddie West, we just told him, listen, you two guys, doesn't matter. If we're going to the right, you line up on the right. If we're going to the left, you line up on the left. And so we had three really good offensive linemen uh, in David Evans, uh, Eddie West, and Kevin Riley, uh, always on the play side. And then we had then Steve uh, then Steve Cerati, and I can't remember who the backside guard was, uh, We're they became really proficient at cutting off the backside, and so uh, uh, it was it, it, it was a scheme that really worked for us. I think we did it for two years, did If people you, never did figure it out. You had
2: Mark Parsons and Bill Seaton manning the tight end spot. And uh, true or false, so uh, coach, I heard Alvin Nance got some type of contact. Now Bill Cruz was an outstanding receiver. He he broke some long touchdown catches. Uh, I don't think Bill. Uh, is it true Alvin was contacted by the uh, Cowboys?
3: Yeah, well, yes, and uh, you know, at that time, at that time, that was kind of the Cowboys' forte. They, um, uh, that was Gil Brandt. Remember him? When oh, he, yeah. Uh, began? So one of their scouting um, uh, philosophies uh, was they would go to ev- absolutely every school in the in the country. And they would go to all the small schools. They would just walk in the door. And they would come in and say, hey, who's the best player? And really, at that time, I mean, the only one, Alvin, I don't mean this to be, but Alvin was probably the best athlete player that we had. And uh, so, you know, their scout came in. We talked to him, gave him Alvin's name, and, yeah, Alvin was – uh, was on their list for a while.
2: Outstanding. Yeah, he uh, he ran a lot of track, and I'm sure that helped him before you got there, but uh, he was a burner. That's absolute... well, the great thing.
3: Go ahead. Uh, he, and both of them, you know, transferred from Knox College. And, uh, you know, I, I laugh. We, we, to this day, I, I laugh. I, Alvin and, and Ken, we used to have uh, th- those two guys uh, uh you know they they were, they were one of the few african american uh, players that we had uh, on the team and and in the school and i remember uh i remember a lot of mondays where alvin and ken would come on over to, and my wife would fix dinner for them because uh, uh we just had a pretty my family and i had a pretty good rapport with alvin and ken
1: that's that's awesome. That and that's good to that's good to hear, especially in the in the day and time that that uh, we're living in society wise uh, at the moment. So, uh, coach, it's a uh, it, it's fun catching up with you about Maryville College. And, and again, it's it's been great stories talking about some of these names. You know, I've talked to we've talked to several members of this this you know special fraternity of late seventies early eighties uh, Maryville Scots. But there's also uh there's also been uh some new names you've you've pulled out here today but uh let's take us a break uh, our last break of the day listen to these great sponsors when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more about Maryville College but then I want to talk about some of these some of these international teams that you coached because I think some of them have the coolest names of any football team I may have ever heard. So want to talk about those and have some good time with Coach Steve Fickard. Again, you're listening to The Grind, Friday edition, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. to donnacry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender.
3: At the Blunt Partnership, we're working to keep people safe and informed about the recent outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. We know that as members of the community, businesses are experiencing unexpected challenges, and we're committed to providing as much support as possible. Find business and community information on our website at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook,
1: So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time.
3: Your local Blunt County Community Food Connection is still open, serving local families in time of need and hardship. We provide prepackaged groceries to help meet your nutritional and dietary needs. The Community Food Connection is open Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon for drive-up delivery only. Residents are asked to remain in their vehicle so that our volunteers may safely distribute the food. Directions as to how to enter and depart the facility will be clearly displayed. We thank you for your cooperation and look forward to serving you at your Blount County Community Food Connection.
1: Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media but if you say i don't like social media but i like podcasts we've got those too you can download the grind podcast on apple podcast and google play music directly from the website it's a one-stop shop for everything the grind check us out online the grind that's the grind on
0: sports.com we don't always promise to be perfect but we promise to give you our honest opinion this is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports.
1: And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. Wayne Kaiser, alongside Booner and on the phone line coach Steve thickard excited about it coach third segment right here our final segment got about 14 minutes till the top of the hour but uh, but again appreciate all the memories you've uh, you've been been able to remember and and again Boone uh, Boone is a walking talking uh, Maribel Scott encyclopedia well hey Wayne I'll
3: tell you what I, I do have to tell this <laughs> excuse me my very best Marable colleagues. A uh, football story, and it traveled with me forever. And I used to tell this to Wait guys, minute. no matter.
2: Wait a minute, Coach. Were- I have to get my yeah. notebook out and my pen. Okay, I'm ready. Go ahead. I'm going to uh, write this was- down.
3: If you remember, our second year, Charlie Hickson didn't come back, so uh, we had uh, David Kibben and, and, and Barry Mathis. And Barry was uh, Barry had played at Maryville High School, and they had run the wishbone real successfully at Maryville High School. So we decided we would play a little wishbone uh, so Barry could, Barry would be our quarterback for that, and then David Kibben would be when we were running a different stop. And uh, we were playing Lane College, and I remember standing on the sideline, and Lane College comes wa- walking in over there, and I remember looking to, turning to John Shannon and saying, Oh my goodness, uh, John, we're going to get killed. Look at those guys. And I think they ended up having three guys that all had a cup of coffee in the NFL. And I said, I, I have no idea. Well, long story short, we win the game. When the game's over, their head coach comes running up to me and says, how did we lose that game? And I, I looked at it and I said, coach, I have no idea. Because there, there, there was no question. So anyway, so in the middle of the game, uh, they were just all over Ken Adair, uh, and uh, they were running down the pitch from the backside, which theoretically in football you can't do, but they were so much faster than us. So I remember Barry one time comes run, coming off the field, and I remember looking at him, and his helmet was cocked, and he's looking through the ear hole in <laughs> his helmet. And I go, Barry, are you all right? And he goes, yeah. I said, can you read the line? He goes, yeah, I can read it, coach. I can read it. And I said, well, go ahead. Get back in there. And I just turned to John, and I was just laughing because I said, are you kidding me? And old Barry uh, Manthas, you know, you 5-5 know, five, five in the 40, Barry Manthas, he was out there. So he, he read the inside beer, and Kenny Dare was just killing it up inside. And, and uh, uh, we ended up beating that team, and that was I mean everybody thinks the big upset over uh Carson Newman was the biggest upset we'd had, but actually I'll tell you that that Lane college team was unbelievable compared to us
1: well that's funny you bring up that Carson Newman team because we were talking at the break there was a there was a little bit of extra inspiration uh, that happened that Carson Newman week is do you remember what that that would have been?
3: yeah i do i i remember I, I, and and later on I, I at at this last story as i remember uh you know there was some spray paints <laughs> and you know things done uh, on on the uh, around the campus and everything and uh uh that it, i we used that as a motivation tool and then uh, it i come to find out this last um, get together we had for homecoming this past season that I think it was Billy Cruz and all those guys, they did it themselves. And uh, I I think uh, uh, it, it was a great motivator for us, I, although I don't think we really needed a lot of motivation to play Carson Newman at that time.
2: Bill Bill Seton uh, owned up to that, but he sold us. Yeah. He sold us all those years that those terrible, heinous, evil Carson Newman people sneaked over here and painted that.
1: That's right. Yeah, David Evans talks about how that, that torqued him up. Like he was, he was all about it. Like he, he was. Once that happened, they, they were not going to lose it. And, and uh, th- David, being the the offensive lineman that he was, and and, and you know, I, I'm sure you're you're aware. His son uh, went on to play at Carson Newman and ended up winning the Remington Award. That's the best offensive lineman in the country at that level. Uh, and, and but David talked about all these different times where he would play like a hard nosed. Uh, linebacker, and and he would just go out there in the first couple of plays and just just pop him real good and see how it happened. And uh, was David was David a special player?
3: I'll tell you what you know. I I am not surprised that his uh, sons went on and did as well as they did. Uh, I've heard some stories that you, they were really excellent players. And actually, yeah, D- David was one was really at that time. You know, there wasn't as much emphasis put on the offensive line at that time. Uh, for all of football but uh that was kind of that was one of the strengths of our team was david evans and uh, and uh, uh eddie um, and uh, ed west and, and o'reilly those three players they keith, were uh, keith keith martin
2: uh coach keith was in there also i think he was the lineman we're trying to think of you remember keith martin, don't you?
3: i do i and keith martin was the was a strong side tackle play side tackle. but of all of that um uh Evans was the best player that we had on our line. Uh, of course, that's why we put him at center because, he, you know, he was always going to be to the for side anyway. So, uh, yeah, he, he was an excellent player. It's not surprising to me that his, his sons went on and, and did so well.
2: Hey, Coach, wasn't it interesting? Uh, we were all three-and-a-half inches taller because of those disco shoes, the leisure pants. and Was it like a thing we had – Did was it a requirement <laughs> to wear it for uh, – Tony Aruli and Ed Baray, the the gnarly mustache look we had going was that like a requirement back then? Can you remember?
3: I I tell you what, that, you know that group was kind of ahead of its time on a lot of things. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I tell you that was an that was a really a, it was a nice campus too. I tell you, I have always been impressed with Maribel College as a, as a school, and uh, you know one thing that impressed me this last time. Uh, when we had our get togethers at um, uh, at uh, uh, homecoming, was you know all, all those players? They were excellent football players. Probably not as big as a lot of, of of players, but they were excellent athletes. They had great attitudes, and they all did so well later on in life. I mean, how many guys who went on away? Couple couple of guys who ended up being colonels in the army. Uh, uh, some big businessmen. I think Eddie Bray is. Uh, a, a world renowned chef or something so and, and a lot went into education a lot went into coaching you had some success uh, coaching uh, some a lot of success coaching so uh, it, it, you know it was really not only uh, a, a good time winning and losing uh, a winning uh, and losing a few football games but uh, being associated with such fine young men that all became all ended up to go on and be successful uh,
2: adults yeah alvin uh of course and tim topham uh rose to the tops of banking careers and uh like you said phil lloyd uh of course david evans uh military and uh danny thomas uh high school and coaching like myself barry uh barry mathis he's actually officiated uh i mean he's way up there college level uh I think you pushing us. Uh, did did you actually think we could uh, we could take five practices a day? Was there any discussion on that? I mean, you pushed us to the limits.
3: Well, the, the five practices, that was the, uh, kind of on our situation. A, a try to coach smarter. Uh, if you'll remember, we only had four coaches. There was myself, John Shannon, uh, uh, um, Mike O'Brien, who did our offensive line, and Mike Weiss, and so. Uh, we only had four coaches, so to get the technique in, what we ended up doing in preseason, uh, we had five practices a day for the play uh, for the coaches and only three for the players. But that gave us literally eight coaches because four coaches uh, uh, on offense, and then we would just four coaches again on defense. Uh, so, like for instance, on offense, uh, on with offensive practice, John Shannon, who was our defensive coordinator. He would coach the wide receivers, and I would coach the running backs. But on defensive practice, John Shannon was the uh, secondary coach, and I came in and coached the inside linebackers. So we really uh, we were able to double up that. And then, as I said, the fifth practice was the one was kind of the uh, most important, and that was we did all special teams. And that was one area that we, we really uh, – it, it was funny. Later on in life, I used to talk to coaches, and they'd always talk about how, Special teams were so important, and, and then they, you know, when it came down to practice, it was like an afterthought. Or if there was a, there was a a, 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 a period to cut out, they cut out the special teams period. And I said, "Are you kidding me? You know, I mean, you, you've got to that that if you're saying it's one third of the game and you're giving it ten minutes, how much does that really tell your players how important it is?" So uh, we we dedicated that uh, fifth practice in the preseason. Solely to special teams and coming up and finding unique ways to uh, 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 to play. If you'll remember, I don't. This was the year after you you uh, uh, were there. Uh, we were playing. I think it was Bridgewater, and I think we were on the on the 13 yard line going out, and it was fourth down in like seven, and uh, we ran the punt pass and ran uh, 87 yards for a touchdown. Well, I can honestly tell you, we never got any pressure on our punt team for the rest of the season, and uh, it it really worked out well for us.
1: That's that's crazy, Coach. I, 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 it's funny, you know the the things that 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 work. You know, I, I bet you you could have run that a uh, hundred more times, and and it would have been a little less successful. But but you know, you just got to know when to pull those triggers. But. But coach, we've got about three minutes till the top of the hour. I wanted to get in some of these 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 team names of, of the coaches or the teams you coached internationally. I can't even say the uh, the Finland's town's name or the province name, but they were the crocodiles. Uh, you led yeah. them to a championship in the Finnish Maple League. Uh, you also was the coach of the Hanover Musketeers of the German Football League, uh, the Tupelo Fire Ants of the National Indoor League. The Bakersfield Blitz, the Grand Rapids Rampage, Quad City Steam Wheelers, uh, a lot of different awesome name, and then you were the general manager of the Huntington Hammer uh, there in Huntington, West Virginia. You've been uh, you've been part of some really, I'm pretty sure, some really cool t-shirts.
3: Yeah, you're exactly right. In fact, uh, I had I, it was really tough up in the uh, uh, when we moved here to to limit the kind of cool pictures that we had. Uh, you know. <laughs> But like I said, it, that was called the Sanioke Crocodiles in Finland, and uh, yeah, now some of those were arena football teams, and uh, some I was just uh, the offense defensive line coach, or I was a, a general manager of uh, a couple of them. A couple other names that I have for you is we were I was the uh, uh, with the Napoli Briganti in Naples, Italy, oh, wow. and my favorite was the Algoi. Comets in Kempton, Germany. Those were a couple of my favorite uh, uh, overseas places.
1: That's that's awesome, Coach. If you
2: ever want to give your wife a, a near stroke, say, "Honey, uh, I want a T-shirt from every team I coached."
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's 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 quite a collection. If I had that.
1: You'd have to get a new closet. It's uh, you've had a you've had a really nice career, coach, and, and I really appreciate you spending an hour with us, just kind of hamming it up a little bit, talking about some Maryland College days, and again talking a little success that was the late seventies for the Scots.
3: Well, as I, as I like to tell a lot of people, especially my son, you know, life didn't turn out exactly as I had planned it. It just turned out better. <laughs>
1: Well, and you know you got to take it and roll with it, and you, you've had some success, and, and you're remembered uh, here in Maryville uh, for some really good years at Maryville College. So, again, want to thank you, Coach. We're right here at the top of the hour, but uh, uh, I appreciate it. You're welcome. Any time to call in here, and, and again, Boone. Uh, Boone speaks very highly of Coach Fickard. Hey,
3: Coach, thanks, guys. I enjoyed it.
1: Coach, uh,
2: I'm going to send you a Maryville College cap. I'm going to need you to autograph it, and we'll put it here in the studio. That would be
3: great. Love to do it.
1: Awesome, Coach. Well, thanks. Have a, have a good morning. Uh, thanks for getting up early with us. Okay. And one
3: other thing to all my fighting scots, go
1: scots. Absolutely. Go scots indeed. We'll talk to you later, Coach. See you bye. If you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and, yes, grind on.